G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Well, certainly good to have you with us today on 2020. Some good things ahead of us this hour. In just a moment, we're catching up with Jenny Stokes from Salt Shakers, our last opportunity to chat this year. And then, of course, we'll be back full force again next year when 2020 is underway after our summer series. A little later this hour, too, we're also looking in on what's happening in the remotest outback communities in Australia this Christmas, the sorts of challenges that they face with isolation and with loneliness and especially for people like workers in mining communities and on cattle stations. We're going to be connecting with the Pilbara a little later this hour and talk about what's happening with Christmas. But it's always good, as we do on a Thursday, to connect with Jenny Stokes from Salt Shakers and Jenny's back with us. Hello Jenny, welcome back to 2020. Hello Neil, great to be back. Jenny, let's get our thoughts around some of the things that are manoeuvring in the world and where we might stand in context in Australia. And I note that there's been a little bit of publicity of recent days to Malcolm Turnbull's perception of the issues that go along with Islam in the world. And uh, there's been some commentary on an appearance that he had some time ago now on the Q&A program. What sort of things have raised concern as people have been looking at this element of Malcolm Turnbull and his view of Islam? Well, I think, you know, certainly it's been in the media recently with the whole um, Islamic State, ISIS, um, in, in the news. And we know that Malcolm Turnbull has had different things to say about that than our former Prime Minister, Tony Abbott. And recently, Tony Abbott has made... Um, a speech, a presentation, and, and so on, an article in the newspaper talking about the problems within Islam itself and actually calling for a reformation. Now, we know that that's a particularly difficult thing to do because what what is in the Quran is seen by Muslims as being, you know, like permanent. It's been seen there as being provided by Allah and they can't change it. So the idea of reformation has been a problem. And certainly the, the Mufti and the Imams Council of Australia said, well, Islam doesn't need reforming. We don't need to change it. And so that's, I think, the key. And, and of course, at the same time, then Malcolm Turnbull came out and he made statements saying, well, you know, we don't need to be so unkind. We need to all work together and Islam is... It's good. And of course, what happened back in 2011 is actually perhaps cementing this. And Mark Jury has done a very good article looking at Malcolm Turnbull's comments back in 2011 on Q&A. And in that particular interview, he talked about the, you know, the debt of civilization that we owe. We said, you know, that... Uh, Islam is an ancient religion of great scholarship. For heaven's sake, much of our learning and culture came to us from the Muslims, uh, like our whole system of numbers, and much of the learning of the ancient Greeks only survived because of the Arab scholars and the Islamic scholars. And so he went on to talk about this 
this culture that Islam has given the world. And so what Mark Jury has done in a blog post this week is to actually look at that and say, well, is this actually true? And he talks about the book that he wrote about dimitude and that much of the Islamic world um, got to move through into Europe in a, in a mode of conquest. And he talks about, for instance, that our numbers are, are the Hindu um, Arabic script, and that and that actually comes from the Hindu culture, our, our number system of you know naught to nine and and so on. That that's not actually come through Islamic scholars. Um, in some cases, they did keep uh, libraries open, but there are other times when the libraries were burned and uh, and destroyed. And uh, you know, so some of those things. Are, and Mark goes through the comments that he made about you know. Islamic culture protecting our culture and actually shows that that's not really the case at all. Well, some will give Malcolm Turnbull the benefit of the doubt and uh, in the hope that he might have uh, grown in his opinion and changed some of those things away from some of the factual errors that he was talking about. And when we talk about those factual errors, I know that uh, Mark Jury's gone to great length to explain what the factual errors are, and I know you'll have a link to that on the Salt Shakers website. But, Jenny, the thing is, I guess Malcolm Turnbull still has a toned-down way that he talks about Islam, and some of that because he is the Prime Minister and that national harmony is important. But there are some things that are happening in the world which would cause some grave concern uh, that, uh, that our Prime Minister isn't actually setting a standard. Well, I, I think that's right. And certainly, in fact, Mark's actually done an article that, that highlights some of that. And a number of the world leaders talk about Islam being a religion of peace. And certainly Barack Obama's been one of those. So uh, just today, actually, Mark has written an article talking about that if you actually think Islam is a religion of peace, then you need to read this article that he's just written, where he talks about what has happened and what is happening today. And these people in ISIS and Islamic State, of course, take their mandate from the Quran, from Islam itself. And of, of course, most Muslims don't follow that. Most Muslims don't carry that out. But the fact is that it's actually in there. And we've seen, um, you know, teenagers in Sydney and there's another teenager this week arrested and put in uh, detention because of what he's actually been doing and talking about going to paradise because of um, fighting and so on that's what something he's written and so this is actually comes from a Quranic interpretation so of course Malcolm Turnbull as you said needs to be able to relate to all Australians but we also need to make sure that their understanding of the actual threat of Islamic uh, doctrine um, in the way that they actually relate. Otherwise, uh, we can easily become uh, in, a, in a state of dimitude, not, not prepared to be able to speak up, and that's the important thing, to be able to speak up. And so this week, uh, one of the media things, and I think that's what you were referring to, is the Saudi Arabian government has formed a coalition to fight terrorism in the Islamic world. And uh, certainly that's, that's created a lot of interest. What does that really mean? And I think as Christians, as, as people who actually look at what's really happening, what does that mean um, in the context that they're doing and how does that relate to actual Islamic doctrine as well? So they're questions we need to ask of this particular development. Well, the particular development is very interesting to talk about, and I'm sure there'll be much commentary that's happening in the media, even the mainstream media, over this issue in the coming days. But when you talk about the religion of peace, uh, we've long now come to appreciate that peace uh, to Islam means peace as long as Islam is the dominant victor and everyone else is under their 
sword or under their feet. Uh, There's all sorts of issues, isn't there, with definitions. And I note that with definitions that are are being discussed right now with regard to this new coalition of Islamic states, uh, that there are all sorts of issues with definition to words like innocence. Uh, those sorts of things are a concern. Uh, what are your th- feelings about the way that things are misconstrued because of different definitions on different sides of the fence? Well, I think that's a, that's a key thing. And the word innocent is one that we've actually talked about a lot because in Islam, the definition of Islam, of innocent is the key thing. And certainly within classic Islam, innocent means those who are truly following the teachings of Islam and the teachings of the Quran and following the example of Muhammad. And so for Muslims, if they feel that others aren't doing that, then they no longer fit the definition of innocent. So when they talk about the killing of innocent women and children, what does the word innocent mean? That's always the word that comes out. And we came across that years ago when um, a prominent imam in Melbourne was being asked on ABC radio... Um, a number of questions. It was shortly after 9-11 and a person rang in and uh, they asked, they asked, what does Islam think about the killing of women and children? And so the presenter asked the imam, what does Islam think? And he said, well, you know, Islam doesn't condone the killing of innocent women and children. And so he wasn't asked about innocent, but he puts the word innocent in there. So the question is, well, what does that mean and how does that actually affect the meaning of the word? So that was the first time we saw that. And we've seen, you know, it's often used. So, for instance, in the Imam statement and the Grand Mufti statement recently um, put out in relation to the Paris bombings, uh, what we actually saw then was talking about the killing of innocent people. And, you know, it was even in their title of their their heading, you know, the innocence. What does it mean? And so uh, in the Saudi Arabia announcement, we noticed that talking about killing of um, the terrorizing the innocent, the announcement actually said a duty to protect the Islamic nation from the evils of all terrorist groups and organizations, whatever their sector name, which wreak death and corruption on earth and aim to terrorize the innocent. And so they included that word in their actual statement. And it's important to note that in the formation of this coalition, all of the states that are actually involved in that are actually Sunni. And Sunni is actually the the sect of Islam that um, ISIS or Islamic State actually follows as well. So none of the Shiite nations, that's like countries like Syria or Iran, none of those were actually included in this coalition that Saudi Arabia has brought 34 nations or states together to combat terrorism. But none of the Shiite states of Islam were actually included. So you have this division. You have a coalition of states that are Sunni, 34 of those, uh, that are now uh, in some ways interlinked, connected and on the same page. You have those states that are aligned with Iran and uh, there's potential there for all sorts of upsets and for violence into the times to come. Then you've got the Americans who are seen by, as I understand it, from all uh, Islamic uh, nations as the great Satan. Uh, And of course that uh, comes because of its Christian foundations. Uh, So there you have uh, another potential conflict. Then you have the conflict between Israel and the Palestinians. And if there was terrorism, there are both sides that would say each one is a terrorist state. Of course, uh, we would stand on the side of Israel and say that's uh, self-defense. But 
Uh, but there are those who would argue uh, from an Islamic point of view that that's actually terrorism. So all sorts of issues arise with the formation of this new uh, super state of Sunni nations. I... Well, that's right. And just, just one thing in that, that uh, most of the news reports talking about this actually talk about that there's actually been this other warfare happening in the Middle East and actually that Saudi Arabia and its Gulf neighbours have been locked in warfare with other Iran-allied rebels in Yemen. And so there's been this sort of civil war in Yemen with um, Saudi Arabia doing hundreds of airstrikes into Yemen. Now, we haven't heard about that. We tend to hear about Syria. And so you've got there the, the Sunni neighbours have already been fighting the Shiite ones in Yemen, um, allied with uh, Iran. And it's actually, they're talking about a ceasefire happening there as well at the same time. So there's part there. But, but you've already had Saudi Arabia fighting um, in Yemen. Um, and again, it's on this sectarian view of Islam. So that's already been happening. So you need to put that into the context of why they've come out with this um, this coalition. Well, we're nearing the end of 2015 and the way manoeuvrings are happening around the world with these states will make for a very interesting 2016 and uh, I suspect that many people will be on the edge of their seats uh, some with fear and some with concern about what is going on with the way those manoeuvrings are happening around the world. Now, I'll point people to the Salt Shakers website. Simply go to saltshakers.org.au and there'll be some links to the articles that Jenny's been talking about, those with Mark Jury and some of the issues that are going on around the world and links to all sorts of different uh, issues that Salt Shakers monitors. Jenny Stokes, great getting your insights as usual. Certainly the happiest and holiest of Christmases for you and your family. And uh, we'll catch Thank up you. again next year. Be good to do that. And I hope all your readers and listeners um, have a great Christmas as well as we remember that the real reason for Christmas is the birth of Jesus. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.